Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, Drew Franklin. What's going on, bud? What's up, man? How are you? Good. Thanks for calling in, man. Yeah, happy to do it. Hey, congratulations on the engagement. Uh, yes, yeah, I got engaged about a month and a half ago. She still hasn't decommitted yet, so uh, things are going great. We're excited. How'd you propose to her? Uh, on top of a castle we have down here in Kentucky. It's kind of out, uh, kind of on a horse farm, a big fancy castle that looks like it should be over somewhere in Europe, but I had them shut down the roof, and I surprised her, took her up there, and dropped on one knee and did it up there on top of the castle. If you did look you it say- up, Carson, Carson Wentz did the exact same thing. I kind of copied off him. <laughs> did you uh, Did you say anything, like, overly special? Did you prepare anything or no? Well, actually, it's kind of funny. I uh, I got down on one knee after I nailed everything else, and I forgot to actually say the words, will you marry me? <laughs> so she's just looking at me, and I'm looking at her, and I'm like, are you thinking about it? And she said, you still haven't asked me. So I had to had to be reminded to actually say the words, will you marry me, after I did everything else. As men, we're the worst. Like We, we try to stay calm of, of uh, like every situation, but I got engaged last year, and I was yeah. calm up until like two minutes beforehand. And then all of a sudden, you start choking. The ring's in your pocket. You like You crumble under the pressure. Yeah, I mean, I had this castle closed off and lights <laughs> and a, a photographer and music, and then I forgot the one important part. When's the big day? Uh, we're, we're still wedding planning right now, so until uh, we, we find a venue, we won't know exactly. We're pretty flexible. How about honeymoon? Uh, Where you guys think for the honeymoon? Uh, I'm not sure about that, but I was going to tell you, we're looking at venues in New York this coming weekend. Guy, don't even start. So, Drew, in my yeah, most amateur of Bush League moments of my life, I schedule my life, and this is the truth, around Kentucky basketball, Yankees baseball. The World Series this year, I always go away right after the World Series. Either I'm going away in celebration, but the last 10 years I've been going away like depressed, but it's always right after the World Series. So I booked this Asia trip, and the Wildcats are coming to my backyard next weekend. Like, it's the worst move of my life, and I'm leaving tomorrow. That's why we're doing this over the phone and not live. What a horrible move by me. Yeah, when you said you want to do it by phone, I was thinking, doesn't he know we're all coming up to New York in like four days? But you're bailing on us. I can't believe it. And it's the worst. fun trip you have planned, though. Yeah, no, it's a sick trip. I'm going like Japan, Bhutan, Laos. But like, you know, Dempsey's gives you my own private Florida podcast. We could have podcasted there, had some beers. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going away. Like, my wife's going to Kentucky game. Simba, all these people are going to the game. And I'm going to be on a flight probably. How horrible is that? That does suck for you, but there is one little glimmer of hope. Let me hear. Uh, Madison Square Garden is one of the tournament stops this this year, so maybe maybe we'll be back playing to go to a Final Four there. Oh well, I hope we'll talk about that in a second. You land yeah. in New York City or you drive up here. What's the first must-go-to food spot you crave when you get here? Uh, most of my well, my go-to is uh, Halal Guys, but that's more late night. Usually okay. when I first get there, I'm straight to Jack Dempsey's, but not for food, just for my first beer and to catch up with people. Hey, Drew, how funny is that you said halal? When you leave any bar in New York City, you run to the halal stand. Is, it, oh, yeah. is there anything better than drunken halal? No. One time I got a cab 
Got it. Got all the way back to my hotel in lower Manhattan and I tripped on the sidewalk and it went everywhere. And my cab driver was like, are you okay? And I get up and just got back in. He took me back uptown. Bought it again. It's probably $75 halal guide, but yeah, you got to have it late night. I know you do uh, the show up here. I know you, uh, you do a lot of Kentucky stuff. You're at Dempsey's all the time, big time celebrity. Any sightseeing you haven't done here in New York that you're trying to do? Um, I need to be better about branching out of Manhattan. I've been to Brooklyn a few times, but I need to get out more and see things outside of the, you know, the big, big part of the city. So any recommendations, it really, any of the boroughs, I, I focus too much on Midtown and that's, that's too touristy. I need to get out and spread my wings and fly. Yeah, you know, even forget about leaving Manhattan. You can go downtown. You can go. Yeah, I've done a lot downtown. Uh, I've done, you know, the 9-11 Memorial, Cedar Bunch, Financial District, all that. I, I need to get way out somewhere, get away from the bright lights. Downtown, you're a sneaker guy. I know that. You ever go to Flight Club? I've been there once, yeah. Have you purchased anything in Flight Club? I did not. I was so overwhelmed. It was cool to just see it, but I, I, I couldn't take it all in. You uh you got that KSR money. They have that one middle you have that one middle display with like the five thousand dollar Yeezys and the Jordan ones. Like how sick are some of those sneakers though? Oh, they're incredible, but KSR money's buying more like the Pumas uh down the street <laughs> somewhere else. Not not the stuff in Flight Club. Another reason I'm so mad is because every time we talk or we text or we link up at Dempsey's, we only have one beer. And even last time I got you into uh PDT, that secret bar I got you into. Yeah, we never really awesome. sat down and had some beers. Tell everyone about PDT because that, that's one of my favorite spots in New York. Yeah, that was on, number one on my bucket list forever. I would made like seven New York trips without even getting over there, but uh, you finally showed me the way. It's amazing how you go in there and it's what, – what's the name of the hot dog stand that you Crif, have to go to? Crif Dogs. Crif Dogs, yeah. It does not seem like on the other side of that wall there's a big – Fancy speakeasy bar. That's a really nice place with really good drinks. Big yes. Fans. So you go into Crypt Dogs. It's like deep fried bacon wrapped hot dogs. It's like a dive hot dog stand and there's like just a phone booth. But when you make the secret reservation, you pick up the phone and you go into like a secret speakeasy, right? Yeah. I mean, out of nowhere, there's no hint that that could be on the other side of the wall. So you pick up that phone and they let you in. Hey, and the drinks there are pretty solid, aren't they? Very solid. Uh, I, you know, obviously being a hidden speakeasy, it's very low key bartender definitely knows what he's doing so yeah I, I love that place will ksr be doing a show from up here i know we're doing all three morning shows i don't know if we'll do them in public or just in a hotel somewhere maybe pregame at jack dempsey's we haven't locked anything down yet um, we're not bringing the whole crew so we won't have a producer and matt and i don't know anything about the equipment <laughs> so we we got to be careful committing to anything too big but we're still ironing those things out I want to talk about Kentucky Sports Radio because it's one of the most popular sports shows in the country. How did you get involved in that? And were you a radio guy before KSR? Uh, no, I was not a radio guy at all. Um, I went to UK and graduated with a degree from the business school, marketing degree. And I graduated at the worst possible time to graduate, especially with a marketing degree. There were no jobs during the recession. And uh, I just started writing a sports blog for fun. It wasn't even UK related. It was uh, all sports, mostly professional, full of pop culture, entertainment news. And Matt and Jones, founder of KSR, ended up following it and then eventually realized that I lived in Lexington and I was a UK fan. So he asked me to uh, join him and write about UK sports. And then there were year or two, we still didn't have a radio show. And then eventually Kentucky Sports Radio turned into an actual radio show, which is bizarre in itself. But yeah, I went into it with no experience. 
no idea, no clue that I was going to end up doing it, and here we are. So you and Matt weren't friends beforehand? No, no, no. He was just reading my site. It, it, my site was starting to pick up traction. I had a few stories that got big on, like, Yahoo and stuff, just random stories. And then I guess he found it that way and didn't even realize I was a U.K. fan or even lived in Kentucky. And then uh, I guess once he pieced that together, he asked me to join him at KSR. I'll tell you how I find out about it. Uh, so I lived at, live here in New York, and I didn't have the outlet. Like, you know, if Kentucky wins a big game, ESPN Radio up here or WFAN, no one's talking about Kentucky basketball ever. So uh, it was Hurricane um, – what was the hurricane up here? Hurricane Sandy in Staten Island. It hit New York. And all these Lexington police officers – I don't know if you know this, Drew. They drove up from Lexington to help out. I heard that, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm situated on one corner, and some lieutenant comes over to me. He's like, listen, there's a bunch of cops over here from Kentucky. And Drew, this is the God's honest truth. He's like, oh, they're big basketball fans. So I'm like, oh, Louisville or Kentucky? He's like, I, I don't know. I'm like, well, they blew a red. The lieutenant's like, I don't know. They're Kentucky fans. Go talk to them. And I walk over there, and they were telling me about, do you ever listen to Matt Jones? Do you know what Kentucky sports radio is? I'm like, no. And then I started listening to you guys on the internet. So the word traveled, and then when I started going to Dempsey's more – Everyone there, it's kind of like a cult. Are you surprised at how it took off? Uh, very surprised, really. But then again, when I think about the UK fan base, I shouldn't be surprised because we're a passionate <laughs> group. I think you know that very well. So we need we need news and content every minute of every hour of every day. So I shouldn't be surprised that it took off, but it really has been a surprise, and it's been. It's been awesome just that this is – I make a living being a part of Big Blue Nations, especially during Calipari's time here. So it's been a lot of fun. Was there a moment or a time when you and Matt look at each other and go, all right, we're on to something huge right here? Was there like a moment or a story or something? Uh, not really. I mean, it kind of – after we won the title and the, I, I say we, the Kentucky basketball team, I consider myself we. Uh, we <laughs> One in 2012, I feel like things just blew up from there, and it was all going so fast because Coach Cal was reloading every year, and I felt like we were going to the Final Four every year, and football just had a coaching change. So everything kind of exploded right in that timeline. We were moving so fast, it kind of just looked up, and then here we were. So, See, it's, I, I, are you guys at 38 stations already or more than that? I think we've recently gone more than that. The list kind of fluctuates. I haven't seen the most updated one, but we're if we're not at 40, I think we're one shy. I love that it went from a website to a podcast to this radio show. Now you guys have KSR Bar and Grill. Like, this is mind-blowing. Like, Lexington, Kentucky, I, I really consider it my second home. You know how much I love Kentucky. Yeah. And this little, you know, website radio show has just blown up. Like, you get to work for Kentucky. Do you ever just pinch yourself and say, what a hell of a ride? Actually, Matt and I did have a <laughs> pinch ourselves moment at KS Bar. We had a, um, like, a VIP grand opening. I think it had 250 people there. And we just happened to end up sitting side by side at the bar after, you know, going around shaking hands all night. And we just kind of looked at each other like, what in the world is happening? We we weren't too many years removed from doing a podcast in uh, the Coner Hubby. We call him Hubby. His basement with his wife doing laundry behind us. And to turn that into a sports bar, we kind of looked at each other like, what what in the world is going on? We're, we're very thankful and we're having a lot of fun doing it. As a radio guy now, do you prefer the remotes where you're in different places or do you prefer studio-wise? It's tough. The, the remotes are a much harder show because you almost have to perform a little bit. You know, in studio, we roll in in our PJs with our hair standing up and <laughs> feet on the table and talk about anything. But you kind of feel an obligation to kind of put on a show and at least put on pants at, at a remote. So 
the uh, in-studio shows, I think, are much better shows. But it's nice to go out and actually see your listeners because otherwise you're just in a tiny room talking to a big microphone. So we get pretty good crowds. We do a big show every every Friday around the state. We get pretty good crowds. So shows are a little more difficult, but it's very nice to see the people who are listening to us. I remember the first time – so we're listening for a while. Then I go down there to see Cameron Mills. I go down to meet him the first time, and KSR is doing a remote. So I tell my boy, I'm like, hey, let's go to this remote. And now I'm used to New York remotes where it's like, hey, we're going to the Hard Rock, and it's or Dempsey's, and it was at McDonald's. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, I listened to this show. I thought this show was like a big-time show, and I go there. McDonald's is flooded. I'm like, these guys pack everywhere they go. These fans are nuts. I can't think of a business we haven't been to. We've been to – Heck, we got our next one next week's an eye doctor. I guess we're just going to gather around in the lobby. Uh, well, we've been everywhere. We've been to McDonald's a couple times. Uh, Burger King used to be a regular stop on our summer tour in Columbia, Kentucky. They have a Burger King there, and we would go. So we'll go anywhere. People will show up and listen to us yap. I talk some Kentucky sports here. Last year's football season, <clears throat> magical is the only way to describe it. 10-3. I'm like you. I say we. We won in Gainesville, embarrassed Louisville. You know, our three losses, well, A&M, Georgia, and Tennessee, they beat Penn State in the Citrus Bowl. It always seems the Cats are on the cusp of, like, every game there in the, in the fourth quarter. And this year, that Florida game was crushing. Are you nervous that we're reverting back to the old days of just being oh so close? Uh, no, I think they've really turned a big corner, and I think the future is going to be bright for a while as long as Stoops hang around. This year, I, I – I hate to give them a pass, but when you lose Terry Wilson, who's your leader and was going to be your star, I mean, you just cut the head off the beast there. So I don't want to say this season's a wash and everything they do is, you know, all good because they still have an obligation to go out there and win. But I really, really think losing Terry affected them this year. So whatever they can finish with, I'm going to be happy with. Moving forward, though, assuming Terry's back next year, they have so much depth. I think we're going to be seeing more like we did last year than what we did in the years prior to that. I'm up here in New York, so obviously I don't have the you know pulse of the fans down there. I know they love their Kentucky football. I know it's not close to basketball, but uh, do they live and breathe Kentucky football also down there? Uh, I want to say all of them do, but that's not the case. I, I'm the rare football first fan. There's not many of us. Oh, I'm, really? Yeah. The game's just – the games just mean more. Like when Kentucky beats Ole Miss on a Tuesday night, you go, yeah, okay, we were supposed mm-hmm. to beat Ole Miss. But every football game, every win in football is huge. It's And, you know, the build up. there's only 12 games. You got all week, you tailgate. Just to me, football's uh, more exciting. But the fan base, I think last year got a lot of people on board. I don't want to call them fair weather fans, but there's excitement around here that I haven't seen. I, I've lived in Lexington 13 years now and was a fan i'm 34 i was a fan since i was little i've never seen excitement like stoops is putting up this program uh going back to new york at dempsey's every year the past maybe five or six seasons drew first game of the year no matter who they played dempsey's is packed wall to wall for football second game third game and then slowly there's like six people left by the end and last year every game it was just packed so you felt the excitement up here by everyone's like Dude, we might go to 10 wins. We're going to a bowl game. We're playing Penn State. Like, that was just on, was it New Year's Eve or New Year's Day they played? It's incredible what they did. Yeah, and really, as our radio show, we didn't even talk about basketball that much, even when the season was going on, because football was so exciting. 
and that's so rare because people used to complain to us that we didn't give football enough attention. And I mean, if a team's two and ten, there's so much so so much you can say and still have a fun show. But last <laughs> year, basketball took a back seat all the way up past the Citrus Bowl. I mean, Cal had a great team. We had that game in the Garden, and uh, obviously the season didn't start well with the Duke game. But there was a lot happening. But it seemed like the whole fan base was still watching football up until December. So it was a unique year last year. I'll be interested to see how often that happens moving forward. Speaking football, you guys lost an icon down there, Jared Lorenzen. Give, I want one good J-Lo story from you. It's funny you bring that up. I'm sitting in our – it's like an old pop music station, and uh-huh. this is where we did our football podcast. So this is where me and Jared would sit here and blab on, and he would complain about basketball. But uh, <laughs> my all-time favorite Jared story, I was sitting in this very chair when he told me, is we did a Super Bowl preview show, and he confessed – that uh, when he played against the Patriots with the Giants, and what year was that? You should know. Yeah, the, two, the, the Tyree catch. Yeah, the, the, the full, uh, full, uh, helmet catch when they were undefeated. 2007, I think? Yes. I don't know. Forgot yeah, I think they won year. it in 2008, yeah. Yeah, he, he went over and looked at the Gatorade color on Tom Brady's side and texted all his friends to bet on um, – because you can bet on what color Gatorade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went and peeked in all the Gatorade jugs and texted his friends all the colors, and they all bet on the Patriots Gatorade, and then the Giants end up winning. I Jared, love that, man. Jared trying to beat the Vegas bookies that backfired on him. Uh, <laughs> the Patriots were going to win that game. That would well, so be very frowned upon if anyone knew that at the time, that he was giving insider info on what color the bath will be. And you know, it's great, like FanDuel or DraftKings, whatever, it's like, Look at the uptick in Kentucky fans yeah. betting on the Gatorade color. How how ironic is that? That would definitely trigger an alarm in some office somewhere at FanDuel. 2019-2020 uh, Kentucky basketball season, like always, is there crazy buzz down there in the Lex? Yep. I mean, every single year. Uh, this year, we've been kind of hit in the face with this Nick Richards news uh, that occurred in the first exhibition game just a week ago. But fans are still excited. I think we're – all kind of on pins and needles right now, waiting to see how bad that is because they'll need him in that first game against Michigan State in the Champions Classic. But overall, big picture, the the backcourt's going to be amazing with uh, Hagens quickly and Maxie. Got some other talented freshmen and Brooks and Whitney. Uh, here we are again, just hoping for a Final Four run. The potential's there. Just got to see what happens in March. That I, I want to go go to that because I'm a Kentucky and Yankee fan. So if I don't win a title, it's truly it's a disappointing, it's a failure year. Yep. Last year, for some reason, I felt that if we beat Tennessee and we get to the Final Four, is that enough to kind of satisfy the appetite of Kentucky fans? Like, get to the Final Four, and then whatever happens, happens? It should, but uh, we're like I said earlier, we're crazy down here. There are fans <laughs> who have to have a title. I, I'm not that way. Because if you think about it, there's only been – Kentucky has, has only won eight in like 100 years, yet we still demand <laughs> one every year. If you think about it, that's kind of absurd. But I, I think for last year, I think getting to the Final Four would have pleased a lot of people because we were kind of in a drought by Calipari standards, which, mm-hmm. again, is crazy that you go five years without a Final Four and, you know, the, the world's ending when most schools would love to go to one Final Four. But that's how we are here in Lexington and in Big Blue Nation. I think they get back this year, assuming uh, Richards is good to go and maybe E.J. Montgomery can stand up, uh, step up. I just think the guard play is too good not to make a big run again in, in March. Well, I want to talk about a couple players. You mentioned uh, Ashton Hagens, defensive guy, but then you read that he's become like a more well-rounded player. Have you seen that or have you heard that? What do you think of him? Yeah, I, I hear he's really stepped up as a leader, which is big because this team will need one, and it's always good to get it from your point guard. Defense, we know exactly what he can do. 
I hear he's better at, you know, talking to guys. It's always a problem Cal had with his freshman. He's much better communication when he's on the court. They say he worked on his three-point shot all summer. I'm not going to believe it until I see it. Uh, we haven't gotten much <laughs> of a taste of it so far. So that's all I'm waiting on with Higgins. Everything else I know he's good at, but he needs a three-point shot. Or Defenses last year would just sag off of him and would not respect him at all. He's at least got to be good enough. To, to draw defenders and, and create space for other guys because he did not have a shot last year. He doesn't have to be, uh, you know, Jamal Murray or anything, but at least put up a respectable number from outside. I need to see that from him. Big Nate, is that Reed Travis 2.0, the veteran presence? Man, I'm, I'm going to get carried away and put him ahead of Reed, and I love Reed. Really? I mean, Reed was a bruiser <clears throat> who's going to get every rebound. But if you – not much athleticism, couldn't guard many different positions, not much of an outside shot. Nate Sestino looks like he's going to be one of the best shooters on the team. He's, he's a lot more athletic than I thought he was going to be. And I just mentioned how much Cal needs a guy to communicate. They say Nate talks more than Cal does, like maybe more <laughs> than any player he's ever had. He is a coach on the floor, and even when he's on the bench, he's coaching. So they are loving what they're getting out of Nate Sestino right now. And I know we all love Reed Travis, but I'm – I'm leaning Nate might be better. Still got to go out there and do it, but it, it's looking good so far. Who are the guys we have to see, must watch? Whitney, the dude can fly, right? Whitney can fly. I I don't know how much Coach Cal is going to play him because uh, they say his defense is a little struggling, and if you're not playing defense, you're not going to play for Coach Cal. But if he's doing that and playing tough and doing everything else, you're going to see some highlight real plays from him. Uh, madness in the dunk contest. is yeah. You saw he jumped over three people. Uh, <laughs> And didn't even win, which was which is absurd. <laughs> I'm hearing he's dunking on guys in practice. He's just gonna have to make sure he's doing the other stuff so he gets the minutes to be able to show off. But he's one of those crazy athletic guys. He and Tyrese Maxey, another uh, that elite freshman, you want to get those two together are gonna be Lob City. So uh, I'm excited for that one-two punch among the freshmen. And I think Tyrese Maxey, I think he gets it the way he dresses with his sunglasses. Yeah. I think he gets the whole. I'm going to be bigger than anything in a good way. Let me embrace this wild Kentucky fandom. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy how these guys are coming in. I remember when I was a freshman, I was afraid to make eye contact with anyone. I was getting <laughs> lost. I'm pretty sure I was getting stuffed in my locker, even in college. But these guys just, as soon as they step foot in Lexington, they already know they're rock stars. and They're just walking around. The outfits they wear, everything they're doing around campus. I mean, it's like having Hollywood movie stars here in Lexington. It's funny because, like you said, when I went to college, I'm like, okay, everyone's wearing jeans, like a North Face and a backwards hat. That's what I'll do. I don't want to stand yeah. out. I just nope. got to put my eyes down. And these dudes are like, no, I'm going to wear the wackiest crap in the world. I need everyone to look at me. They're just from a different breed down there, like these superstar players come in there. They are, and they can't live a regular life. I was at the mall last night. Actually, these were football players. I saw some football players at the mall, and they couldn't take 10 steps without being swarmed. And I'm sure, especially for the basketball team, that is everywhere they go in this town. You're a, they deserve it. That's yeah, yeah of basketball. course they do. Yeah. You're a huge Nick Richards guy. I know this third year was supposed to be this special year for him. What are the updates like? Because I remember if someone's recruiting, everyone's just on Twitter hitting refresh, refresh, refresh. When are we going to hear anything about Richards, what's going on with him? I don't know. I mean, we're hearing, you know, he's wearing a, a cast, which I'm, that's normal, but to, mm -hmm. with an ankle sprain. But as far as how long it could be, I have no idea. Uh, it certainly didn't look good the way he was writhing in pain on the ground, and that can be a scary injury. I'm I'm praying he's back from Michigan State, which is not going to happen. That game is now out 
five, six days away. I, I can't imagine he'll be in for that one, and I can't see them winning without him in that one. I don't know how long he'll be out, but it's going to affect them pretty bad. And I hope it just, when he does come back, that doesn't, it hadn't ruined his whole junior year. Because I, yeah, I, I hope, really thought this might be the year he, he does it. Yeah, and I hope it doesn't linger the entire year where he'll play three games and all of a sudden you read, oh, he can't play, like you said, on Tuesday night against Old Miss. And then I don't want to just be lingering the whole entire season. And then when you have those ankle injuries, especially when you're a big man inside, you kind of get that, you're almost afraid to jump a little bit because the way he injured, he came down on a guy's foot. That's always in the back of your mind. I just I hope this is something that he, he recovers from very quickly because he's caught a lot of flack for being a three-year McDonald's All-American. Coach Cal doesn't have many three-year McDonald's <laughs> All-Americans. Uh, matter of fact, this is his third. Alex Poitras and Marcus Lee were the other two. And he, he needed a big year, and I wanted him to have a big year, and I hate that in an exhibition against Georgetown, he comes down on the guard's ankle, and here we are wondering how long he'll be out. Ranked number two in the country, Michigan State is ranked one. Win or loss are – us as fans going to overreact to the game either way? Of course, we overreact to everything. <laughs> I do think uh, uh, everyone seems to understand that Michigan State should be the number one team. We're, we're probably going to be the underdog. So as long as it's not what happened last year against Duke when they <sighs> lost by about 87, I think anything in a close game, fans will be able to live with. It's the first game of the year. They're a veteran team with player of the year favorite as their point guard. I think I think we'll understand if the Cats drop that first one, as long as it's not similar to last year. I get frustrated when, uh, like, I get so excited. I got so excited for quickly last year and stuff. And even EJ Montgomery, coming back that second year and stuff, do the fans embrace them more like they came back, they want to learn more, they want to play more, or do people get frustrated more quickly with them? Like, damn it, this guy's been here two years, step your game up. Uh, it, it kind of varies. I think it's kind of based on the fans' own expectation when the player first got there as a freshman. Like, you have a guy, Emmanuel, quickly right now, who I don't think many people had high high expectations for last year, and he's poised for a breakout year. I mean, the coaching staff has raved about him, and in the first two times we've seen him, blue-white in the first exhibition, I mean, he was one of the MVPs. But then you have a guy like P.J. last year who comes back, I think fans were really hard on him because, you know, he kind of missed the free throws that cost him in the tournament. He was expected to be that NBA lottery pick after year one. So I think they're a little harder on some guys who didn't live up to their own expectations they placed on him. But a guy like Quickly, who was a role player last year, I think it's more they're excited for what he can do. One more player. <clears throat> I, I can't pronounce his last name. Was it Johnny Jung? Juzang. Is, Is he the new Tyler Hero or are people just trying to latch onto him? I mean, it, there's talk of him being the new Tyler Hero. Those are I wouldn't Those are want that big shoes, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't want people saying that of me. I mean, the kid's <laughs> definitely a shooter. Uh, the word on him right now is he can't guard anyone. And as I said, talking about Whitney, Cal's not playing you if you can't play defense. But they're saying a lot of the same things about heroes. They are uh, Juzang about catch and shooting. He, he's ready when he gets the ball. His form's great, quick release. It's the defense they're trying to get him to caught up speed on. But if you remember last year, Tyler Hero at this time couldn't play defense. I remember little Transylvania from right down the street was driving all over Tyler Hero. So maybe he is on the hero path. We'll see. Right, right now, the, the conversation is the same about him. Last week, the New York Papers, me on Twitter, everyone destroyed Brian Cashman and even Aaron Boone because now it's 10 years the Yankees haven't won a title. That is just blasphemous. 10 years is ridiculous. Everyone wants Cashman fired. They had it with him. They're done with Boone with the analytics. Our Kentucky fan, no one loves Coach Cal more than me. I'm telling you, Drew, I'll tell you, I love him more than anything in the world. The man can walk on water. 
Do people down there get frustrated with Cal, and does anyone ever ask for his job? There are a few crazies that ask for his job. That, we saw a lot of that when they just lost last year in the Elite Eight to Auburn. The, uh, there's a lot of frustration right now uh, without having a title. It's even growing on me. I defended him for a while, but now it's like, okay, you're in the top two every year. Let's, mm-hmm. let's start having more trophies. But again, with the NCAA tournament, it's just so random. It's one game. Anything can happen. One bounce of the ball can change everything. Virginia wins last year, and they should have lost three times before the championship <laughs> game. So there's still a little bit of understanding with it being the way college basketball is set up. But at the same time, if you're going to keep putting out these insane rosters, it's about time to put up another banner here pretty soon. It's been it's been eight, eight years now. So, yeah, I think – He's got about one or two more years before we start getting real angry. All right, a few quick questions. What's a better day, Churchill Downs for the Derby or a perfect weather day at Keeneland? Keeneland. I'm a Re- Churchill Downs. Well, I shouldn't say hater. Yeah. But I see a night and day difference between Churchill Downs and Keeneland. Uh, Derby day, Churchill, there's really nothing like it. But everything else, if it's not the Derby, it's not really in a great part of town. Not even really that nice. Keeneland is much, much better, surrounded by the horse farms and, of course, the U.K. girls in sundresses. Some people like to go out and see. Now that I'm engaged, I don't do that. But for some of your listeners, they might be interested in that. But Keeneland is a 10. Churchill's a 3 to me. I uh, maybe, I've been down to the Lex maybe just say 10 times. And I think two or three trips ago, I'm like, you know, i got to go to Churchill. We drive there. And I'm like, what? this is like driving in the South Bronx. This is Yankee Stadium. What? Yeah. You never know it. I'm like, this is Churchill Downs? And I went there. Obviously, it wasn't for the Derby. It was like a random day and just say uh, you know, September, whatever. And I'm like, what is this? I was like floored seeing this. I'm like, this is ho-. And I don't want to no, – I'm not talking bad. It is in a sketchy area. I had no idea, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it's a rough area. When I parked there for the Breeders' Cup, I have a friend who's a police officer. And I, par- I wasn't even that far away where I parked. And he's like, I cannot believe you parked there. And I'm thinking it's <laughs> – Noon and it's the Breeders' Cup. What do you mean? But I was just a couple blocks from Churchill. Uh, it's it's just not the same as Keeneland at all, except on Derby Day. It's got that Derby magic. There's nothing like it. I mean, it represents this whole state. But there's a reason they zoom in on the celebrities. <laughs> you get the close shots and not uh, the backdrop over there at Churchill. Every year I get text messages from everyone like, dude, you got to make the trip. Please come to Keeneland. And then it's dot, dot, dot. You got to see the Kentucky girls in the in the dresses. That's all everyone ever says. But Drew, like you, I'm taking, so I don't care. Yeah, but I, mean, I, heard, I, even, I heard it's a sight. I went. I went last week. I didn't even see a female in this, <laughs> the whole place. It was packed. I didn't even see a female. I don't know what you're talking about. But I've heard there is good scenery for the single man out there. Plus, good horse racing and a lot of delicious food and nine dollar beers. It's a great day. Coolest piece of memorabilia that you have from your time at doing KSR. You a memorabilia guy? Uh, yeah. Right now, I just have it stuffed in a storage building so i can move into a house where i can hang it all up but um coolest piece of memorabilia uh once i'm trying to think of the game robic our media seats were right behind the bench which never happens at the NCAA tournament they usually put us up on the moon i can't even see the game but one game i think it was when we beat louisville uh the harrison year when he hit all the shots but there, uh, Robic broke a clipboard over his knee and kind of threw it against the bench. And I just reached over and thought, you know what? That's my clipboard now. They're clearly not using it. So I have a broken John Robic uh, clipboard in my collection somewhere. I think that's my most prized possession. See, that's a good answer because 
doing this. So I'm not a memorabilia guy. The only thing I have, I wish my video was working. I'm sitting in Yankee seats right now, and I got a Coach Cowball signed to me. It's like two Mike, the craziest, you know, it's, he did like a whole special thing for me. Uh, so that's my only like memorabilia I needed. But anyone who comes on the show, like I have like shilling jerseys and I try to get weird stuff like Dick Vitalis came on. So I made him sign a microphone. So I like that it was you with the clipboard. I like it to be something different, not like, oh, I got an A-Rod jersey. I like it to be something different and unique. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get a lot of stuff and no offense to the people in places that are giving it to me, but it's like, what am I going to do with this? I want it. It's more from an ex- experience, like reaching over. Exactly. Yes. Or uh, I, I took a. I won't say how much, but I took a significant amount of confetti from the championship floor. Uh, I mean, like a whole lot of confetti. If you ever come over and you're like, why do you have garbage bags confetti? That's from New Orleans. Uh, so stuff like that where I was there, and it's more about the memory than the actual memorabilia. I have a few things like that. You and I are at Jack Dempsey's bar. We're drinking beer. No one cares about Kentucky, which is impossible. Who's the coolest person, if you took out your phone, that if you texted them, they would text you right back? Uh, at one time I was in a back and forth with Marilyn Manson. That was, that was really, that's a good answer. Well, actually Facebook reminded me today's my Facebook memory five year anniversary. I think, uh, he was on a plane sitting between Matt and I, uh, Southwest flight. Marilyn Manson just sits between us and, um, he got really drunk. I think he might've been messed up before the flight. And somehow end up with his number, and he was inviting us to Halloween parties uh, in L.A. We're there for the Breeders' Cup. But then I come back to Lexington, and I have Marilyn Manson's number in my phone. So I'd be out, and I'd be like, y'all want to call Marilyn Manson? And uh, we would. But he has since changed numbers or blocked me somehow. I think he got a little tired of it. But I had that one for a while. That was easily my biggest and most random one. Do you want the state of Kentucky, the Commonwealth, to get an NBA basketball team? Absolutely. It will be hard if they – Put it well. I mean, it will go in the Yum Center if they get it. Mm-hmm. And I don't want them to wear red or call themselves Louisville anything. Mm-hmm. If we could get a nice royal blue, maybe something like this. <laughs> uh, just call it a Kentucky team. But I'm all for it. And could you imagine those games if they ended up with some young UK superstar as their as the centerpiece of their team? The place would be packed every night. So yeah, I, I definitely want that. What's going on with your Titans? I know you're a diehard football fan. What's going on with the Tennessee Titans, man? Not many people know this. I think I like the Titans more than UK. I, I'm afraid to admit it around here. Really? So- I, I live in, like, UK has kind of become work for me. When mm-hmm. I go to a game, you know, I'm on my computer and something happens, I'm thinking, okay, how am I going to write this and talk about this? But Titans, I'm the crazy guy talking trash about the coach on message boards, and I'm throwing things at the TV, and I'm belligerent at games. I, uh, unfortunately, they're not very good. I don't know if they'll ever be good. We got a nice little Ryan Tannehill thing going now, but that's my, since I don't get to be a crazy fan since UK's become work Sundays, I'm not fun to be around during Titans games. I was, you know, that was my next question. If one of your sports teams, Kentucky football, Kentucky basketball, obviously Titans. I don't know if you're a baseball guy. If one of your teams can win a championship, it's the Titans. Uh, I'm going to throw out UK basketball. They have plenty. They'll get more. Okay. (laughs) I, I want UK football to have an SEC championship. That that'd probably be my first pick. I'd even give up a Super Bowl for that. It's it's close. Oh, okay. But one of the UK football and my Titans, they both need a big trophy. Either one, uh, I would definitely take those. I'll, I'll Co- lean UK football. Couple more questions. Worst loss as a Kentucky fan that you ever that you went home. Forget about that night. Maybe like a week later, still left a sour taste in your mouth. 
I mean, it's got to be the Wisconsin game just, you know, four or five years ago. Um, I was there working, and UK was winning early in the game, and Jerry Tipton of the Herald Leader, famed UK beat writer, he doesn't even know he did this, but he kind of leaned over and kicked a cord, and it knocked a Diet Coke on my computer. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, it fried my computer. I had to shuttle back to my hotel to get a friend's computer. And when I come back, there's two minutes left. I didn't even know what happened. Oh. And uh, I see our undefeated Wildcats lose to Wisconsin. Obviously, the whole planet of UK fans was devastated. And I was right there with them. And I still haven't watched 30 minutes of that 40-minute game. Best win as a Kentucky fan? Uh, the 2012 title is an easy answer. Um, but I'm going to pass on that and mm-hmm. say the ending the streak against Tennessee in football. I told you I'm a UK football fan first. Wow. That was a ugly game. We didn't win anything for it, but that damn Tennessee streak had been around my entire life. My dad is a Tennessee fan. I, I had, I forgot what the number was at that point, but 20 something years of him mocking me, uh, after that game every year. So with Matt Rorick as our quarterback, <laughs> Uh, upsetting Tennessee. That was that was uh, probably my favorite win. One player in basketball that you thought was going to be a star. They come to Kentucky, and for whatever reason, it didn't work out. One player that you thought was going to be a special, special player. Uh, I, I don't want to say Nick Richards because I'm not giving up yet. Okay. Cal has converted so many of his guys into special players. I, I will say this guy still ended up being pretty dang special. I've been a little disappointed with Malik Monk's NBA career. I thought that guy would go fill it up in the league. Uh, he comes to mind as one that's disappointed at the next level, but I can't think of anyone that came to UK and I thought would really explode. Poitras, I, I thought was going to be a star. He was even mentioned as a lottery pick before that season started, and then we ended up having him for four years. I know injury had part of that, but I guess he comes to mind too, but can't really think of – oh, Scal was a pretty big bust, we'll say. I'll yeah. Scal. See, the Malik Monk thing, I'm glad you said that because he comes to the league. I bet so much money that he was going to win Rookie of the Year because I'm like, I forget too. it. Yeah, because – I a whole lot, but I had – I, I bet some. Yeah, 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 I bet a little bit. But I'm like, you know what? That's what I figured. He's going to just put up like 26 here, 25 there, and just be a, a frequent scorer. And you know who the other one for me was? He was good at Kentucky, and I wish he would have came back. James Young. I wish he would have came yeah. back one more year because – he went to the Celtics, and then they had all those draft picks, and he kind of just got lost. And that, that one always bothered me. James Young's had, had a ton of potential. I think uh, laziness was his problem. Mm-hmm. And I think if he had come back for a sophomore year, I don't know how eligible he would have been. I think James Young just wasn't motivated to do much of anything, which I hate. Because, man, that dunk against UConn and the championship and some other big plays, I mean, he had it if he wanted it. Mm-hmm. I just don't think the drive was all the way there. Have you ever taken part in one of those famous couch burning parties? After was it on State Street? Is that where the couch party th- burning things happen? Yeah, uh, I have not. Uh, as fun as KSR is, games are, are work, and we don't get to go burn things. <laughs> Before I started with KSR, we would party pretty hard after uh, whatever big wins were happening at the time. But I think that was pre couch burning. I don't think any of us ever set fire to a couch. Just. Um, when we beat South Carolina in football, hit Randall Cobb in the end zone, almost as time expired late in the game for a huge upset. We uh, we were at a bar and we threw full pitchers of beer everywhere. We politely asked to leave. That's probably the wildest <laughs> we ever got. But I don't think we were burning couches yet. My friend, listen to me. One, thank you for coming on. I know you got to do your show in a few minutes. Yeah. Two, I'm so sorry I'm not going to be in New York because I keep saying – unbelievable. 
And you know what it is, Drew? Everyone for the past few years on my end, like Jen and Simba and Sean, they're like, dude, you got to drink with Drew. You're going to love him. We had that one quick encounter at Dempsey's. You're like, hey, Mike. I'm like, Drew, we had a quick beer. I think we pounded like a uh, KBB real quick. You were doing your thing. I was leaving. We eventually very soon have to link up, knock down a ton of beers. We'll have our uh, significant others meet and not look yeah. at any other girls. That's right. I want you to have now. Yes, I know. We're done. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna cry. I want you to have an absolute blast in New York. Be safe and continue. Uh, continue to text me when my obnoxious tweets show up on the jumbotron up there at Rupp. <laughs> yeah, and I'll be sure. I'll make sure you get plenty of wish you were here messages next week. I'll, I'll make sure you get about ten an hour. <laughs> Do it on WhatsApp because I, I lose my New York number when oh. I uh, I leave the country. Okay. Okay. Drew, Thanks this was a blast. Time, Mike. Right, this was a blast. I've been wanting to do this for a while, and we'll do it live next time. All right, brother. All right. See you. Go Cats. See you later, brother. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.